It's Monday, May 20th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool One, Jason Moser, and from Motley Fool Hidden Gems, Chief Investment Officer Andy Cross. Happy Monday, gentlemen. And a good week to you, sir. Um, we we got a lot going on. We got uh, obviously the big news from Yahoo. We've got some killer earnings from Campbell's Soup. And uh, uh, how should we put this? The battle of competing price targets with <laughs> respect to JCPenney. Um, but let's start with Yahoo. Yahoo is buying Tumblr for $1.1 billion. Tumblr, the uh, very popular blogging platform. And uh, Marissa Mayer, the CEO, uh, she's been on the job less than a year. This is her seventh acquisition. And uh, Jason, I was saying to Andy earlier this morning, I love the fact that when she made the official announcement, the second sentence from CEO Mayer was, we, we promise not to screw this up. <laughs> yeah, I, I read that too. I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit torn on this one. I mean, I, I get what they're doing, but <clears throat> excuse me, I think what we're witnessing is really the Facebookization of Yahoo. And I mean, to this point, when you look at something like a Google or a Facebook, I mean, that's the social network out there, uh, that social network movement. And so really what Yahoo has been lacking up to this point is that social network dynamic. And, and I think that's what this deal primarily is about. Uh, and so, I mean, I get it from that perspective. I mean, they, they sort of need that dynamic really in order to uh, in order to really focus on the mobile and the personalization strategies that Mayor's playing out. Um, but by the same token, I don't know that I don't know that this is necessarily the way I would play it. I mean, I think I think just going ahead and diving in with a, with a little bit more than a one billion dollar acquisition is is pricey on a relatively unproven business model. I mean, I was looking at the numbers here, and I mean, if you if you look at at what Tumblr has done to date, I mean, last year for two thousand and twelve, they generated uh, somewhere thirteen in the neighborhood million. Of, wasn't yeah, it? it was just it was it was minuscule, and so I mean, looking at the numbers there, they're paying more than ninety times sales for Tumblr. And I mean, based on the numbers of this year, where they hope to generate more than one hundred million. It becomes a little bit more palatable at around eleven times sales, but still expensive for something that that you know we we don't really know if it's gonna gonna work out yet or not. So I, I wonder if they maybe didn't feel a little bit rushed to do this as opposed to to possibly working out some kind of a joint venture agreement first or something, you know. But it's a big deal, that's for sure. What do you think, Andy? Well, it's a, it's a growth story. It's it's Yahoo. Um, it's a it's a land grab story. Yahoo is going after um, obviously eyeballs and obviously some growth here and some cachet. I mean, Tumblr has a lot more um, cachet and a lot more following among a younger audience. Twenty percent of its blogs are around fashion. Um, you know, Yahoo is probably a state, a little bit of a state online brand. So they're going after a little bit of um, you know, make them a little bit hip. It's ten dollars per blog. They're paying ten dollars per blog and about two cents per post. So you know it's an expensive deal for them, but I think it's actually a good move for Marissa. I mean, they have a lot of cash on their balance sheet. They're going to spend about a third of it buying this. Mm-hmm. That cash is earning nothing. So let's put it to use. If they can get some revenues out of Tumblr, it's very fast. I mean, they have more than one hundred about one hundred twenty million users, according to Comscore. That's up from about less than from fewer than sixty million a year ago. So it's a fast growing platform. Yahoo hopes to plug into that. If they can do it and they get some revenue off of it, it could be a very good deal for them. But um, but they're going to have to figure out how to monetize that base. Well, and you see the comparisons all through the media to Facebook buying Instagram. And if I'm a Yahoo shareholder, which I'm not, 
I think I feel pretty good about those comparisons because you, you just, just sizing them up, Instagram and Tumblr, Tumblr's got somewhere in the neighborhood of more than three times as many people on it. It is actually – it's not making a lot of money, but it's certainly making money. And Instagram, to my knowledge, wasn't really making any money at all. Um, during Facebook's most recent quarter, there was one analyst who said, look, Facebook hasn't, isn't making – they haven't figured out how to monetize Instagram yet. So I think, the, to your point, Jason, there's, there's definitely – and yours as well, Andy – there's definitely a risk associated here. But I think – I mean, she I, has to take I was going to say, I, I mean, think that's – isn't this just yet another indication of why she was brought in in the first place? Because they wanted someone who was going to swing for the fences a little bit. Specifically. I mean, exactly. If she just sat there and did nothing, I mean, then why bring her – I mean, I could go do that. I could just go there and occupy a chair and I <laughs> paid a lot of money and I'd be fine with that. So, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think you're exactly right. I mean, she – she didn't have to make this deal, but she really kind of had to make this deal, you know. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, the benefit there at least is that Tumblr is very well integrated into mobile already. So I mean, they are getting sort of that that mobile platform uh, without having to worry about developing it. And, and you know, advertising is Yahoo's bread and butter uh, to this point, at least. Now, I mean, they don't hold a candle to Google, unfortunately, but they do make a lot of their money from advertising. And I think that getting you know the number of of bloggers, you know, the size of an acquisition, I mean, they're going to have exposure to a lot of a lot of eyeballs. And I mean, the, the the key here is you know generating more time on that site. You know, when you look at something like a Facebook, that you know, the average daily minutes spent on that site are somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty minutes per user. And you know, you look at Yahoo; it's down around seven. So, I mean, there's, there's a big difference there. And so they're trying to figure out ways to keep eyeballs on Yahoo and Yahoo properties. And this is one way to do it. It's a risky bet, and I get it. Um, I don't know if it'll work or not. I mean, I, I just – I don't really know much about tumblers as far as, uh, as, far as, as you know, what kind, of, what kind of material they put out. I mean, you hear a little bit of, of a few different things, but I guess we'll see. Uh, you know, what's interesting, guys, is that um – uh, they're going to keep the Tumblr property separate. So you, Mar- Marissa said that she's that they're not going to gonna operate gonna, independently. Yeah, operate independently and keep. I think keep the founder and the, the CEO still you know running it, and that's important for the Tumblr users. I think they they want to make sure that they are they have that you know autonomy to continue to, to post and not be kind of sucked up by the by the Yahoo. Well, and that's who that line is directed at. Don't you think when Marissa Mayer comes yeah. out and says we promise not to screw this up? I don't think she's sure. talking to Wall Street analysts or shareholders. I think, yeah. I, or maybe partly to shareholders. I think first and foremost. She's saying to the hundred plus million people who are on Tumblr, "We know you love Tumblr for a reason. We're not going to screw this up for you." Yeah, I think they, I think they are. Um, you know, it's interesting. They, in 2010, they raised uh, 30 million dollars and that put a valuation at 120 million. 2011, that was eight. That valuation jumped to 800 million a year <laughs> later, and now we're at 1.1 billion. Interesting. VCs who raised, who gave them money in 2000 and uh, you know 2000 and. Eleven? Are they happy with that investment? I mean, from if it valued it at eight hundred million, now that's at one point one million. I just wonder: are they really happy with that investment? I mean, if you're a VC, you're looking for some really big numbers. I don't know if they're really thrilled with that. Oh yeah, no. I I think the first guys are Sequoia and uh, Union Square, and those guys they got to be thrilled, but. The guys who raised, who gave them money recently. The second round of, of VC money. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and I mean, we don't know. We weren't in the meetings. Yeah. But I have to believe that as the, the news was breaking late last week about this and the price tag was being kicked around, first and foremost, they, they had to have been the loudest ones pushing for a valuation over a billion dollars. Yeah. Because from their standpoint, yeah. standpoint they got to make something off of this. Yeah, and they're putting a lot of money at risk. So, um, you know, I... I 
they're pro- they're I'm mean, obviously thrilled to get their money back. I mean, a lot of times their investments you know flame out, and that's the VC game. But um, you want to have those big number returns, and that second round didn't didn't seem to do really great for them. Just to wrap up on Yahoo and this acquisition, when do you think we know what the early returns are? I'm assuming it's not the next quarter. It's maybe somewhere in the fall when Yahoo re- reports results. That may yeah, be the first I mean, indication. The, uh, probably so. And I mean, really, the the best. You know, I mean, I think we'll get obviously a very good uh, comparable when we look at, at the same quarter next year. Uh, but I, I think, I mean, until then, it's really just keeping an eye open uh, for for the user experience on Tumblr. I mean. Looking out for that, I mean, yeah, I know you said you're not going to screw it up, and that's great, but let's keep an eye out for the for the Tumblr users and, and see if there really is an issue there. I mean, I saw I saw an, a report sent out early this morning where uh, the the CEO of WordPress claimed that once this announcement was made, there was somewhere in the neighborhood of eighty thousand bloggers defected immediately from Tumblr over to WordPress. I mean, I don't know how valid that is, but I mean, I, I think that that lends itself to maybe some concerns out there that you know that that Yahoo could potentially take Tumblr in a different direction that some users are, are not happy with. And, and while they say they, they won't, I mean, the proof will be really in the pudding there. So that's, you know, keeping an eye out for that as well. Yeah, maybe fashion posters are as fickle, fickle as fashion users. They could very well be. Campbell Soup's third quarter profits came in higher than expected. The company also raised guidance for the full year. That's kind of a nice one-two punch, Andy. Why is yeah. the stock is down a little bit this morning? Well, the stock's been up thirty percent for the since February. So let's right there, a fifteen billion dollar company. That's a heck of 30, a run for a company very, of that size. Yeah, when the, when the markets had a great run, the markets up ten percent, and Campbell's is up thirty percent. That's so that's a huge jump. So I think a lot of the good news was was baked into the expect baked into the stock. You know, the great thing I saw from Campbell's was the top line growth. I mean, even in their soup business was, was their U.S. soup business was up fourteen percent, and it's the fourth consecutive quarter they've seen gains in that's, that line. So that's just gigantic. I mean That seems like an, an enormous number. Yeah, it really is because it had had for such an established it, business. It had been declining and then it was up and, and so that was a really nice move for them, especially when we see when we hear so much about companies not growing their top line. Their gross margins were down um, as they make some investments. So that that's a little bit concerning. So I think investors are probably seeing that. But I love the top line growth. You know, Chris, at 20 times earnings, this stock has just it's had a nice run. So I think investors want to wait for a little pullback, let some of the dust settle, you know, digest that food a little bit, enjoy your soup and tomatoes, and just uh, <laughs> tomato soup and uh, grilled cheese, and just kind of relax. What a classic meal. Yeah. Um, I, this is a little bit in the weeds, but what, one note I saw off of these results was that they were, they, Campbell's, were disappointed with how the beverage division. Yeah in the U.S. did. And that's, uh, first and foremost, that's V8. And I just think of V8 as, oh, that's that healthy juice that I don't drink because it's so healthy. That that struck me as odd only because of what we've seen over the last few years of declining soda sales in the U.S., which that's been going on for a decade. But certainly we've seen in, in the opposite direction, healthier foods taking off, Jamba Juice, etc., um, is that just a stumble? Is is that more of an operational glitch, or or is that? The, I I look at that and I think, well, that has to be a short term thing because I can't imagine that, given the health trends in the United States, that V eight is in any kind of significant danger of of losing market share. Or am I wrong? On well, that? I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't bet against that declining. I mean, this, the 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 beverage market in the U S. is so competitive, up and down the line. 
regardless of what you I mean. Just walk down your grocery store or walk into Whole Foods, wherever you buy your, your beverages, and you will see so much competition, so much competition for that sh- all-important shelf space. In the soup business, it's much different because Campbell has such a huge market share. Oh, yeah. They have so much opportunity to add line extensions, grow those brands. It's much harder to do that in the beverage market when you're facing so much competition. And they have, I, I say this as a someone who has three children, they have an absolute lock on children. Just the branding of Campbell's Soup and the way that they bring in um, licensing deals from from Disney, from you know other companies as well. It's just a much look. There are cartoon characters on the soup label as yeah. opposed to other soups, which are probably really good. You know, Progresso. God bless Progresso, but they don't have Phineas and Ferb on them. Yeah. They don't have the Disney princesses yeah. on them. So sorry, we're, that's that's why we're moving past them and going to the huge Campbell yeah. display. I don't really think about V eight. I mean, plain V eight is kind of grody. I mean, if you don't have <laughs> vodka, in, grody. What are you? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's like a... What are you, a teenage girl from the 80s? Yeah, it's grody. I mean, unless you have, like, vodka and celery in there, I don't really have any (laughs) use for it. But, I mean, you can see why, like, they are going... You're seeing more V8 splashes and the the fruit juices kind of thing. And, I mean, you see every quarter with Coca-Cola and Pepsi, they're talking about how the carbonated drink share is is, is dwindling. And it's because of, of things like this, your vitamin waters, your Gatorades, your other juices. And so, like Andy was saying there, I mean, it's not only is it tremendously competitive, but, I mean, you can see this shift away from the carbonated drinks and, and more towards the juices. And so all of these these beverage companies, especially your Coca-Colas and Pepsis, which has had these phenomenal distribution models already, are coming out with these kinds of things that I, I think are really offering, you know, viable substitutes for us. I mean, you got me drinking this stuff. Now, granted, it's the only option here. I can't get a Diet Coke, but... Well, I mean, the thing about these... The, the, the I was just going to say, maybe, maybe we could sweeten the deal for you by getting you some vodka and celery. <laughs> After if we work. sold vodka and After celery work. next to V8 in the vending machine, <laughs> that, that would be that would be great. Be good for, um, you know, for for food and beverage companies, you're basically your your businesses grow mostly large companies like this mostly grow at inflationary levels, maybe a little bit higher, and then you hope to double that up on the profit margin as you as you accrue uh, more profits from each dollar that you that you sell. So, um, I think that's the line here. And for a company like like Campbell's, that the stock has had such a nice run, I think investors just have to wait for it to kind of settle down a little bit, let the multiple kind of get back to its more historical norms, and then go from there. But right now, I wouldn't chase this thing. Uh, before we get to our final story, I want to say to our dozens of listeners, we have a, uh, a special free report here at The Motley Fool. It's our top stock of the year, and you can get it simply by emailing us. Uh, we've got an, an auto-reply set up. If you just email topstock2013 at fool.com, that's topstock2013 at fool.com. Just email that. We'll email the report right back to you. This is, uh, again, our top stock of 2013, a report written up by our own uh, Andy Cross. So uh, thank you for sharing, Andy. Yeah, great. Again, top stock 2013 at fool.com. JCPenney shares up this morning after getting an upgrade from uh, one analyst at Maxim Group. Uh, and it was quite an upgrade, upgrading the stock to a buy and moving the price target from 16.5 to 27. But on the flip side, Jason, on the same day, we have another analyst at BMO Capital lowering the price target from 12 to $7 a share. So again, when we talk price targets, we're, we're saying a year out. This is – I can't think of such a wildly divergent – on a percentage basis, such a wildly divergent – Price target, uh, competing price targets coming out on the same day. 
One saying seven, the other saying 27. What do you make of this? Well, that's what makes a market, right? I mean, it's somebody's buying and somebody's selling. But I mean, you're right. I mean, to see such a disparity there, especially with a company like JCPenney that, I mean, let's face it, they're not exactly knocking them out of the park right now. Uh, you know, I looked at the balance sheet for JCPenney and their most recently reported tangible book, tangible book value clocks in at about $13 per share. And essentially, that's just it's their book value taking away any sort of intangibles like goodwill or, or whatever you know they may have listed on the balance sheet that, that shareholders can't really get. And so it, there is sort of this feeling of maybe a a floor on the stock price at 13. But let's be very clear here. That's also not taking into account uh, this new debt that they're taking out, uh, which is is in part to help refinance some old debt that'll be coming due a number of years down the road, uh, as well as just the the monstrous competitive headwinds that these guys are facing. Uh, same store sales just falling off the side, you know, falling off a cliff. You look at sales per square foot with this company are down. 35% over the past five years. There's a lot of bad stuff out there for them. I think that you know what we've talked about before with JCPenney is that they can exist, but they really have to do it uh, from a much smaller perspective, closing down some of those stores and really just focusing on keeping the performers open and, and really uh, giving them the, the, their due attention. I'm not sure what to to say about the disparity here. I mean, I, I look at the upgrade there, and that upgrade was based on a boots-on-the-ground sort of channel check. Uh, where they had people out at the stores looking at traffic and talking to customers, yeah. I tend to give those you know a pretty good a pretty good consideration just from the from the fact that it's it's boots on the ground and some and some surveys that are taken. But but by the same token, you also have to sort of use a little common sense there as well, and you, you just wonder with J.C. Penny, I, I would not bet on it seeing twenty seven dollars anytime soon. But hey. You know, that could be wrong. Well, and we could see a short squeeze too, because as we've seen with yeah. so many other stocks recently, Tesla, um, Netflix, a few other ones that we follow closely. I mean, a large number of shares in JCPenney are sold short. So if people have to cover those st- cover that stock that they borrowed, um, they have to go fetch in a higher price. You could see if they get any good news, you could see a short squeeze too. Yeah, and so then you wonder, I mean, is that something that's sustainable? Well, probably not. It's maybe not in line. It's probably not in line with really the kinds of, of businesses that we're looking for here for the most part. We're looking no. for those those longer term stories with sustainable business models that should be able to grow over time. This is more of like a uh, you know special ops sort of value type of play where there may be some value in there. It's just it's going to be something that uh, is beyond really the actual fundamentals of the business. One of the things we talked about recently was uh, Macy's and how Macy's has been very strategic and some would say incredibly conservative in terms of their growth. They haven't really grown their store footprint over the last five to ten years or so. If you are Macy's or, frankly, for that matter, any other retailer that is competing on some level with JCPenney, to what extent are you looking at JCPenney and maybe tasking someone on your team to start scouting locations for the best ones? Because if you think, if you're Macy's or anyone or Kohl's or whoever, and you think JCPenney is going to be out of business or on their way to being out of business in the next two years, aren't you starting to look around at what are the better performing stores to maybe cherry pick them and, and say, hey, we'll we'll snap up that property. Cheap real estate to uh, yeah. fill in those leases that they have, to, they have sure. to give up. Well, I mean, you might might be well be doing that. I mean, Macy's has been so brilliant. Terry, we talked about this before. Terry uh, Lundgren, uh, who runs that, has just done such an amazing job. And Chris, you, you really 
Jason mentioned declining same uh, same store sales and declining sales per square foot. What Macy's has done so well is they've had such an exceptional merchandising strategy. The recently kind of more focused on the younger consumer, more fluent, more hip, trying to uh, who's more uh, willing to um, buy some more fashionable items. That's not J.C. Penney's bread and butter, you know, right. and that's just that market's been so. Tough to serve here recently, and J.C. Penney's seeing that. So, you know, Macy's or Kohl's or, or someone else may get some cheap real estate. There are a lot of good retailers out there that could be eyeing that real estate too. If J.C. Penney does fall on you know hard times and needs to get out of those leases, if you had to pick one of those price targets, if I said to you a year from now one of these people is going to be right, either the stock's going to be at twenty seven or the stock is going to be at seven. Which one are you betting on? I'm more inclined to choose the lower of the two. I'm more inclined to go with seven dollars. You agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think JC Penney. This it's it's gonna it's just facing these very very tough uh, headwinds. I think the only thing in the near term that it could get it going is that short squeeze. We did have CEO uh, Myron Ullman coming out last week in the wake of earnings, talking about how his company is emerging from the abyss. His word, abyss, which you know, <laughs> again, if you're using that word to describe where your company is, that's that's probably not a good sign. Uh, Jason Moser, Andy Cross, guys, thanks for being here. Thanks. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Rick Engdahl is our man behind the glass helping us out today. Matt Greer, he's, he's out sick today. So, you know, we're sending Mac our good vibes. And uh, you know what? Uh, to go back to one of our earlier stocks, maybe a little Campbell's soup. Maybe hook him with some V8. Maybe a little V8. Get maybe some, some candles. Yeah, I mean, come on. When you're sick, don't you always want soup when you're sick? Pretty much. Yeah, a little chicken noodle soup for Mac. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.